Hello, you're listening to the podcast for Word of Life in Bentonville, Arkansas, and this is episode number 18. Our pastor's titled this message, The Increase of His Kingdom, and he's going to talk about church attendance and hearing the Word of God. I cannot wait for you to hear this message as it blesses you and encourages you to live a life better after the things of God. Check this out. You have your Bibles, or if you're looking at the overhead screen, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Goes on upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. But I just want you to look at that line. The increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Increase. Everybody say increase. Increase. I first want to give you a word from the Lord that I received this past week. I'm I'm burdened for our nation. I'm very burdened for our nation. I'm burdened about the disunity, the the divide, the great divide, and that's what the enemy does. The enemy divides us to conquer. Yeah. Democrats, Republicans. Thank you, sir. I should have known it was me. Millennials and Gen Xers and us old folks and Whites against blacks and on and on and on. That's what the enemy does. The enemy divides us. It's God's will that we all walk in unity together. I mean, say amen. I'm grieved. I'm burdened for this nation because the Communist Party USA said a few years ago that they were going to divide this nation. They were going to conquer this nation. And wow, they're close to doing it. But the Lord gave me a word in the night. I was burdened. I was praying. I woke up 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Every time I'd wake up, then I'd pray. The Lord gave me a word. Subversive. Now, the Lord speaks to me in strange ways, I guess, because that's typically what I hear is one word. And then I have to start praying, well, Lord, what do you mean by this? And he starts filling in the gaps, and sometimes it takes him a couple of days to get through to me, sometimes a week, whatever. Subversive. He began to tell me there's a subversive spirit at work in our nation. Uh, Subversive, of of course, comes from the word subvert, which is to cause the downfall or ruin of a government or to corrupt a person or persons by undermining their faith and their morals. The Lord began to speak to me. There's this spirit who's come to destroy this nation, our government, and I'm burdened by that. I feel that. But then he spoke to me and said, uh, but it started in the churches. It started in churches. I've said this many times. I've heard other Ministers say this, as the church goes, so goes the nation, so goes the world. And so it started in churches. 
Uh, Carrie Newwolf and others that I've listened to, read after for the last several years, talk about how church attendance has been declining for years. And many have, we talk about election results. I said, Lord, I don't like the election results. It's kind of like he said in my spirit, I don't either. The church has elected to stay home. Now, I'm not talking about you that are staying home for safety reasons that wish you could be here. I'm talking about people that could be here but decided not to be. It wasn't that important. But I tell you, the church needs revival. How many can say amen? Church needs to come to her senses and return. What is the answer? What is the answer? You know, I'm the kind of person that if you come to me and tell me you have a problem, I want to help you fix it. The reason I'm not a good counselor is because most people that go to counseling, now listen, no offense, but most people that go to counseling, they just really want to go and unload on somebody. I don't want you to come and unload on me. I want you to come and tell me what your problem is, and I want to tell you how, from God's word, I want to tell you how to fix it. And again, not to be offensive, please. But if you don't want to fix it, don't come to me. I get frustrated with that. Even, I'm not frustrated with my wife, but even my wife, she'll start talking about, you know, something in the house needs to be fixed, on and on. And so I catch myself and she'll say, I don't mean right now. And I want to say, well, don't bring it up right now because I'll forget it later. <laughs> what you done was you just loaded me down a little bit. And I got this big, long list I'm trying to remember and I can't even get to you know, I can't even get through point one and two, and I've got this list of 10 or 12 things I've got to do, and I just feel weighed down. Let's get it done. And so when I see the problem in the U.S. and in this world, I want to fix it. I want to fix it. And, you know, I know I need patience, and I say, Lord, give me patience and give it to me now. <laughs> I want to fix the world. I want to fix our problems. I want to fix the White House. I want to fix D.C. I want to fix Bentonville. I want to fix me. If I have a problem, let's get to the root of it. Let's get it taken care of. But, you know, sometimes God, we have to have a lot of patience. One of the verses in the Bible that I don't like says, By faith and patience they obtained the promises of God. But what is the answer? I'm going to give you the answer this morning from God's Word. The answer is God. The answer is in Jesus. The answer is in His Word. And the answer is in His church. And should be operating through His church. Kenneth Copeland said this is the year of the local church. So we have to, as a church, churches, I'm speaking to this church this morning, I'm speaking to people online, we have to take a stand on our knees. We have to take a stand. We have to pray. We have to begin to declare. We have to begin to preach the word. Back to people deciding to not go to church, a lot of that, probably most of that, is the minister's fault. People need the word of God. 
People want the Word of God. Even people that don't act like they want the Word of God, they want the truth. And the Word of God is, is nothing but truth. That's really what people want. But whenever you start watering things down, whenever you start talking about other things in God's Word, when you start preaching your opinion, people get bored with that. They can stay home and watch a politician get all of that. Amen? They can. We must, as ministers, we must preach the Word. Preach the truth. The Word brings life. I mean, say amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you need some life. Come on, you need some life. Help me out. Men tell them, you need the word. The word of God. That's what you need. So we need to preach the word because the word never fails. I mean, say amen to that. Ephesians 4, 16 from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth or increase of the body for the edifying of itself in love. When every part does its share, it causes growth or increase and it edifies itself in love. Colossians. 2.19, and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. Knit together, it will grow with the increase that is from God. Everybody say increase again. Increase. So this morning what I want to do is I want to strengthen your resolve to be the church to attend, to connect, to become a, an active part of his body. An active part of his body. And to encourage others to follow you to church. And I'm going to give you five reasons from one of my favorite preachers. I got this from someone else, some of this. Five reasons you should attend church faithfully. See, there's this anti-church movement in the world. So what am I going to do to battle that? I'm going to preach how, how you should attend church. You should go to church. You should become a part of a church. I mean, say amen. If you go to church, you ought to worship when the worshipers are leading worship. If you're going to attend a church, you ought to listen to the Word of God. You ought to learn how to apply the Word of God. You know, there, there are people that could... Uh, one guy, I won't even call his name. You can see him on TV occasionally. I, re, I select, elect not to. His first name is Bill. But he's about as far from being a Christian and I'll tell you he is not a Christian. He, he doesn't claim to be a Christian. That guy can quote a lot of scripture. It's amazing to me. I've seen him in debates with people and he'll quote scripture to them. Of course, normally out of context. And I think the guy doesn't have a clue what he's saying. See, I, I need to hear the word of God. I need to get it 
implanted in my heart. I need to let the seed get down on inside the good soil and begin to grow. I need to learn how to apply what I hear. Let me say amen. So I'm going to give you reasons you should attend church. Because there's some things you can only get at church. Some very important things that you can only get at church. So here we go. Church attendance and hearing the word of God increases our ability to rightly divide the word. Faith comes by hearing. Well, I, I can stay home and, and watch and listen. And I know those of you that have to do that, that's good. But it's not the perfect thing for you. There's something about being in attendance. Let me just give you an example. I used to love to watch baseball when I was young. I loved the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, I knew all the players. And, and I'm talking 50 years ago. I loved to watch them on TV. And, uh, you know, I'd get excited. Now, I don't probably act like a, a too excitable guy, but at home, with, especially nobody's watching, you know, I mean, I'm up on the edge of the couch or recliner, and I'm cheering them on, and I'm mad when the, ref, when the umps or refs, you know, make a bad call against the Cardinals, of course, always. But then one time, I got free tickets from Roston Purina, who owned a box seating place in Bush Stadium in St. Louis. We went with another family, and I'm telling you, it was altogether different than watching it from home. I mean, you're there, you're a part of it. I mean, you see everything that's going on, you, it, it's, just, it's just so much different. Well, just use that as an example, and let me tell you about Church, watching somebody online, watching TV, going to church is a much better experience. Much better experience. And it increases our ability to rightly divide the word. Second Timothy 2.15 says that, talks about rightly dividing the word of God. Or rightly divide means to correctly understand, to consider every verse in context and against other verses. Whenever we rightly divide or we understand God's word, we walk in authority and victory. Misusing the word dulls my sword. I was reading the verse, you know, we're going through the New Testament. It's kind of a slow process, but if you read a chapter a day, Monday through Friday, beginning at the first of the New Testament, it works out exactly that you will read through the New Testament this year. 365 days, 366, I believe, chapters. So we're like, it, it's like it this past week, Matthew 19, I believe. 19 and then 20. And I'm reading there, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And then it says, then the first shall be last and the last shall be they switched it around anyway. I don't know if I did or not, but 
What are you trying to say, Lord? What, you know, I've read that. And I think I know what that means. But then you just read on over into chapter 20. Before the end of chapter 20, it spells it out pretty clear. You could use that verse and you could say, well, it means this and it means that. But there's a there's an understanding when you begin to rightly divide, okay, this is explaining this. That's what happens when you hear the whole counsel of God, whenever you weigh things against each other. See, that's rightly dividing the word of truth. You will get that in church. You won't normally get that outside of church. You might get some of that online, on TV. But see, see, there's something about being present. There's a, there's a greater, much greater understanding comes. So if you attend church, you hear the word, you learn to rightly divide the word. It's much harder to be deceived. Number two, which brings me to point number two, if you attend church and you hear the word, it increases your discernment. Everybody say discernment. Hebrews 5, 14, but solid food belongs to those who are of a full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. If you attend church, if you hear the word, you get a, what's called a biblical world view. You've heard that phrase before, a biblical world view. What that means to me is that I'm not easily fooled by deceitful news or even deceitful sermons. There's something about going to church and hearing the Word of God all the time that you begin to get a little sharp in your inner man. It's much more difficult for people to deceive you. I'd say at least 90% of what you hear in the news nowadays is deceitfulness. At least that much. One guy wrote and said, I think they sit in these, people sit in these rooms somewhere and try to outdo another one with a lie to deceive us. Don't be deceived. Stay in the Word of God, you won't be deceived. If you'll go to church and hear the Word of God, really hear it, your knower, the ears of your knower get sharper. It increases your discernment. If you go to church and you hear the Word, it increases the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It, it decreases our conformity to a worldly system when I hear the Word of God. It uproots wrong ideas. It casts down imaginations. It allows the seed to be planted in good ground, Mark 4 talks about. If I go to church and I hear the Word, it increases my capacity for renewing my mind. And let me tell you, all wars are won right here. Every war, every attack is one right here. One right there in the mind. The mind. The spirit struggling on one side, the flesh is struggling on the other side, but the mind is a determining factor. 
You keep your, your mind renewed to the Word of God, you can win every battle that comes against you. Number four, going to church and hearing the Word increases our doing of the Word. James 1.22 Don't just be a hearer, but be a doer. What I'm giving you today, what you hear every Sunday morning, Wednesday night, whenever you listen to the Word of God taught or preached, I need to do something about it. There needs to be a response. Wednesday night, Wednesday night we actually had two sermons, and they both were at least somewhat, the first one and the, and the second one for sure, was to the lost. If there were lost people in the building or lost people watching online, what we expect whenever you preach to the lost and tell them you don't have to be lost, you need to be saved, we expect a response. But a lot of times as a Christians, we don't respond to anything beyond that. I need to respond. I need to become a doer of the word. The word of God tells me I should love you regardless. I mean, you know, there's, <laughs> sometimes there's some doing there that has to happen. <laughs> you have to determine I'm going to. How I many know oh, everybody's not lovable? Don't look around right now. Don't look at them right now. But how many, everybody you know is not real lovable always. Amen. So we need to become doers of the word. Practice the word of God. Live by the word of God. Walk in the word of God. It increases our doing. And then the last but not least, Attending church and hearing the word of God increases correction or training. I love this from Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1, because this is my kind of language. This sounds like something I would write. He who hates correction is stupid. <laughs> increases our correction and our training. Even the pastor gets corrected at church. Every, how many know that? How, how many know that correction is a good thing? Not a one of us, what a, not a one of us, I don't believe, would allow our children to keep going down a dangerous, dangerous path without correcting them. It's not for. It's not because you don't love them. It is because you do love them. But going to church and hearing the word of God brings correction to me. I got, I, was, I got some correction last Sunday morning. I didn't preach, someone else did. I got some correction. I got some correction. Uh, I even got a little correction Wednesday night. Uh, I, hate to, I hate to throw it at him, but Pastor Tim kind of corrected me on something. He doesn't realize, he didn't point me out. He didn't do that. It was the word of God. It wasn't him, it was the word of God that was correcting me. And sometimes, you know, we do have to say things to people, but, you know, the Word of God will correct me. It will correct me. When I hear the Word of God, the Holy Spirit has a way of correcting me that is non it's not offensive at all. It, I've never been, and I've been offended by people, but I've never been offended by the Holy Spirit. He's just a lot smoother at it than we are. I mean, say amen. So how many, how many are... Resolved. How many have it settled in your heart? You're going to be the church this year. You're going to. Would you stand with me? If you're going to be the church this year, I'm going to be the church. I'm not just going to claim 
I'm a Christian. I'm not going to claim that name. I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to be the church. Because the church has the answer. We have the answer to the problems in this world. We don't like the way things are going in this world. We don't like the way things are going in the United States. We don't like the way things are going in Bentonville, Arkansas, Benton County, or wherever you're from. We need to be the church. We need to be the church. Yes, there are times we do need to speak up. But we always need to do it in love, not, in, not because we're irritated or mad. We need to speak up. But first of all, listen, if I'm going to be the church, I need to spend time with God every day of my life. I need to go to church. I need to be what I ought to be. I married this woman a few years ago. I took some vows. I took some vows. I've, I failed. I mean, I've not failed big time, committed any adultery or anything like that. But I've not. See, I made a vow. And so I love this woman. I want to be everything she needs. You know, this is my attitude. And again, I hope this is not offensive to anyone. But I always had this, this thought this idea, no one will ever steal my wife. You know why? Because she will never find anybody that will treat her any better than I do. She, she, don't, she wouldn't even think about some of you young, handsome brutes. <laughs> you know why? Because this old, ugly brute is going to take really good care of her. By the way, the secret to marriage, the secret to a good marriage is learn this, learn these words. Yes, ma'am. You want a good marriage? You better learn those words. Where was I now? I'm going to be the best husband she could ever hope to have. I want to be the best doing my part in the body of Christ. It's not a, I'm not in competition with you. You're not in competition with me. But if we all get that idea, Lord, I want to be what you want me to be. I want to, I want to be that and I want to do it with all my heart. I want to love you. I want to serve you. I want to wake up every morning with and spend time with God and say, Lord, what can I do for you today? Now, listen, it's not about works. It's not all of that doing all the time that pleases God, but it does please God when I go to him with an open heart and say, I want to be what you want me to be. I never give it a second thought that I might miss heaven. You know why? Because I'm going to be all I can be for him. Yes, I failed a lot of times. I've had to ask God to forgive me a lot of times. Seems like there have been times when it was daily Maybe hourly. But I want to be all he wants me to be. I want to change this world. David Barton made a statement. He said, I know at least 150 leaders, senators, Congress, whatever, in D.C. on a first name basis. They know me on a first name basis. But he said, I have zero influence with them because I'm not going to vote for them, yay or nay. 
They're not on my list. But what I need to do if I'm going to change these United States is go home and influence my city, my county, my state. That spoke to me. I, I agree with David Barton, but that spoke to me. I need to, I need to be praying for DC. I need to be praying for the government. I need to be praying for the world, world leaders, but I need to influence right here at home where I am. Amen. See, you know me. I know you. We see each other. Church attends. We get to know each other. You have a lot more influence in my life than anybody in DC. I've never had a personal conversation with President Trump or Biden. I've never had a personal conversation with hardly anybody up there. Maybe Huckabee at one time. One time. I don't really even desire to. They have no influence in my life. I have no influence in their life. But I can tell you, I can influence right here at home. I can do that by being what I ought to be. I can do that I can, I can do that by going to church, hearing the word of God. I can speak into people's lives in this city, in this county, and maybe even in this state. I do it from time to time. I do it from time to time. And when I do, I always want to speak, what does the word of God say? Recently had a, a, a meeting with a city leader, and they asked me a question, and I paused a moment, and I thought to myself, give them the Word of God. They don't need my ideas. I want to influence my city, my area, my area of influence. How about you? By being everything I ought to be. Won't you lift your hands with me this morning and say this, Lord, I, I want to be what you want me to be. I give myself totally to you. I give myself to you, Lord. I want to be that. I want to be a part of a church, perhaps this church, a church, your body that works together. That is, yes, people talk against organized religion. Lord, we are organized under you. And we want to work together to change our city, to change our county, to change our state and our nation, Lord. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Lord. Come on, lift your hands. Say, Lord, I want to be the light of the world or a light in this world that's what I want to be you know I was kind of in despair discouraged I was mainly discouraged because I felt like an election had been stolen it's not who's in office but if we're that corrupt we're in trouble I almost started losing hope Oh, no. Then I remembered the song, All My Hope Is In Jesus. You don't have hope, you won't stand in faith. You don't stand in faith, the world is in serious trouble. But I can tell you, you and I, if the church will keep her eyes on Jesus and keep praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We keep that attitude. I tell you, <clears throat> There are bright days ahead for us. I don't know about the whole world, but I can tell you for us, there's bright days ahead. I mean, say amen. Come on, once again, Lord, I just surrender myself to you. I just surrender myself to you. Bless you, Father. I just want to ask, just since I should do this, if you're in the room today 
and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have never accepted him, you've never received him, you might have a head knowledge. You might know, yes, he came and died, and, and, and yes, I know all about his life. But you've never received him as your personal Savior. Let me tell you, if you're watching online, if you're in this room today, you can do that now. What happens when you do that? Old things pass away and all things become new. It's just, it's just like, a, it's like, a, it's like a real good shower. Don't mean to gross you out, but if you ever been out mowing the lawn or working, or you just get all gritty and grimy, and your wife don't even want to see you walk in the house. You just peel those sweaty clothes off and get a little bit too detailed in it. Get in the shower and turn the water on. It's so refreshing. Well, let me tell you about getting saved. It's way beyond that. It's so refreshing. Because see, you don't realize, but actually you're walking around a dead person. You're dead in trespasses and sin. And in a moment, he'll remove all that from your life. So you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. It doesn't make any difference what you've done. He'll forgive you in an instant. You become a new creature. Brand new creature. Not the person you used to be. All of a sudden you have a strength, you have a joy, you have a life in you that you never had before. You in this room, and that's you today, and you want to accept and receive Jesus, just lift your hand up and we'll pray with you. Anyone? Just looking around. If you're online, lift your hand. Just pray this prayer, Lord Jesus, I receive you. I believe that God the Father raised you from the dead. You died for me. You died for my sin. You died that I could have a new life. And I receive that today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And if you did pray that, listen, get into a church. But mainly, first before you do that, every morning, morning is preferable, Every day, spend some time just talking to God. You don't have to be super spiritual. You don't have to talk in King James English. You don't have to do any of that. You just talk to God like it's your father sitting there. Learn to have a conversation with him. Amen. Well, wasn't that a great episode? If this episode has meant anything to you, if this podcast is ministering to you and speaking to you, helping you live a life more after the things of God, then we'd appreciate your financial contribution to help us continue to do this. You can go on over to our website at WLFAR.com and click on the Give tab and contribute to what God is doing here in Northwest Arkansas. I can assure you, you will be blessed.